Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second official edition of the College Football Students section. Um, this is I'm the host, Mir Gori, followed up by Matt Big Ron Costantini. He's our, he's the first time he's going to be on for the podcast. I'm I'm really excited. You know, it's good having Italian Americans that are part of the college football scene. You know, I'm sure Vince Lombardi's you know having giving us one big thumbs up right right through his his you know his his casket in the grave. But uh, and of course we're 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 brought to you by the Wonder Kid, good old buddy Matt Breen. Thank you yet again for for helping us out. You know, with the podcast. And for and anyone that doesn't know, the only reason we have Mir on these podcasts is for his pronunciation. Chase. Absolutely, <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, so the second reason why I'm on this podcast, and, and probably the most fundamental one, is I'm a massive Oklahoma Sooners fan. I was born in Oklahoma City, grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, so I know the area very well. I know a lot of the players. I know a lot of the coaches, even the ex-coaches, because now we've got a new coach. And yes, you um, youngest in youngest in the game right yeah, now. Yeah, 33, if I remember correctly. Um, so big you, shoes to fill. Exactly. I mean, Lincoln Riley is going to try to, this week, uh, beat... Urban Meyer and the Ohio State Buckeyes, which is the first time OU will be doing beating Ohio State in probably 20 years. And the big thing that, that would happen if OU wins this week is the fact that, you know, big game Bob, Bob Stoops, kind of lost his nickname the last five, ten years. And, you know, maybe Lincoln Riley can bring that back because, you know, the Sooners are always kind of in that top ten, you know, and they're always breaking my heart. But maybe, maybe this year, and, you know, maybe it's just the fan in me, so I'm going to try to not be too biased, but maybe the fan in me this year is, is a little more hopeful and a little setting myself up a little more to be stabbed in the back again by the Sooners. But let's see what happens this week. Anyway, so Matt, what do you think of this week's uh, big game, obviously the first one starting out with the uh, Oklahoma Sooners and Ohio State? It's going to be a real, real good matchup. Okay. You have two of the top five teams in the country, of course Ohio State being ranked two, uh, Oklahoma moving up to number five this week in the latest rankings. Um Ohio State didn't look that fantastic against Indiana in the first half last week. Um, you know, they they were really getting beat down. Um, but then, of course, in the second half, they just took off like everyone kind of expected them to from the get-go. Um, their f- biggest story coming out of that game for me was their freshman running back, um, J.K. Dobbins. 181 yards in his first game as the starting running back, and he's going to be a real big part of that. And, and breaking Maurice Claret's, uh, ru- I think it was his uh, rookie debut for a running back in rushing yards. Uh, that had been held since, I think, 2003. So, you know, it's a big thing, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then on the Oklahoma side, um, they just ran over UTEP, and that was really expected. Um, Baker Mayfield did his thing, 19 for 20, 329 yards, three touchdowns. What more do you want from the guy? To be honest with you, I actually watched that game. I'm one of those sad, sorry saps that watches OU even when they play UTEP. I'll pay even the extra $5 for you know the pay-per-view because that still exists in the United States, right? Because I'm so terrible with computers that I don't even go on these like torrent sites or whatever they are, you know, like some sketchy sites, you know. I, I, I never really do that because, you know, I, I work and so I don't want to mess up my computer and all that stuff. But, um yeah, you know, I actually thought that Baker Mayfield wasn't the best quarterback uh, that played for OU that game. I think Kyle Murray, he was uh, Mr. Texas uh, th- two years ago or three years ago, if I remember correctly. Uh, he was the starting quarterback at Texas A&M as a freshman, had some problems with Kevin Sumlin. Not really surprised since Kevin Sumlin has been, seems like he's been riding Johnny Menzel's coattails and now is yeah. finally being exposed like Gene Chizik at, at Auburn back when he was with the Cam Newton. But, uh, it, you know, it looks like uh, to me that, 
you know, Kyle Murray next year is, is really the, the reason why I'm, I'm pumped for this OU team. You know, I think that this week, uh, you know, I, what I saw from Ohio State was they lost Gary and Conley and, and a couple of their stud. Uh, Lee Cooker on that Exactly. Spot. I mean, you know, like three starting secondary players from last year's defense that got shredded by Clemson, right? And, you know, they're losing those three starters. They got shredded. I think in terms of confidence, I think Ohio State is on a low. And I think that at halftime, and remember, they were at Indiana, and it was their opener. So I always absolve these kind of hyper-talented teams, you know, that, that they're always churning out talent. A little bit of leeway in their first games, especially because they were playing a conference, uh, not rival, but, you know, a, a conference foe. And they were playing at you know, Indiana, and I'm sure Indiana was ready for that game because they were like, oh, boy, this is oh, big yeah, Ohio they, State. they came out on fire. I mean, you no, all credit given to Indiana. They put up at the best fight that they possibly could, but the more talented team took over in the end. Exactly, but the one area that we saw that was pretty exposed was the secondary, and I'm wondering if, and I, 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 I really rag on Baker Mayfield a lot. I think he's a great guy, but, you know, he's 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 a little shorter than me, and, that, I mean, you know, I'm 5'10", barely, and... You know, he's about 220. So he's the thing about Baker Mayfield is he's got a lot of heart. But you know what I saw in, in, in the UTEP game is Baker showed a lot of great passing accuracy. And, I mean, he's always been known for his accuracy, but it was even better. And I'm wondering if maybe that accuracy could maybe get OU over that hump because we lost, and I'm going to say we, yes, if Bob Aarons is listening, I'm going to say we because, Bob, you know, if the fans are paying for the games, that means we are part of the team because if there are no fans, there is no team. All right, so that that side note has to be in there. But anyway, back to the point is that, you know, Oklahoma has lost a lot of great running backs this past year. We lost two, and, you know, we have this great converted fullback, Dimitri Flowers, 230, 6'2". He's really a beast of a guy. And, you know, he wasn't starting. Uh, instead, Adams was in. I forget his first name. I think it was—I don't know if it was Aaron or Alex Adams. But um, the point is— the fact that Dimitri wasn't starting a little, it concerns me a little bit because I think that he's the kind of power runner that can get through the Ohio State tough defensive line. But, you know, the, the big thing for me is my buddy, my high school buddy Jordan Evans is gone from, from Oklahoma, the starting middle linebacker, who was great even when OU played Clemson two years ago. And that defense looked a little weak against even UTEP. And I'm worried that wide receivers like Paris Campbell on Ohio State or JT Barrett's running ability uh, or the new, you know, the freshman running back might make this a high-scoring game, and I don't know if OU has enough proven talent and developed talent to match that. I think the the biggest strength on that OU defensive line right now is, and I apologize if I'm about to butcher this poor man's name, Ogbania Okoronkwo is the standout. Uh, he's a defensive end. Oh, the defensive yeah, end. Defensive yes, from Ohio State. Yes, I've heard Yeah, uh, he pulled out a sack last game and a few solo tackles, and granted, I only saw the highlights of that game, but he really looked to be causing a lot of pressure on the interior, on that quarterback. And I'm not sure if the Ohio State offensive line right now can really handle that. You mean the Oklahoma? Oklahoma. No, Ohio State, because he'll be rushing. Oh, right, yes, sir. And, um, yeah, I think think the OU defense right now can stand up to Ohio State, but then again, it depends on which Ohio State we see. First half Ohio State, where they looked sluggish and they really couldn't do much, or second half Ohio State, where JT Barrett just took over the game, which is... Of course, plausible. Yeah, and, and I think the bottom line is the team that is going to be ready to play from the opening Absolutely. bell, reference to pound for pound, but sorry, uh, I guess the opening snap uh, is going to be the team that is going to win, I think. 
Um, so anyway, transitioning to the big ACC game, SEC game, we've got you on because you're our ACC experts. God knows I am really not an ACC fan, but, you know, we've got Matt for that at least. Yeah, um, of course we're talking about Clemson and Auburn here. Um, Clemson, you know, defending national champion, lost a lot of key pieces to the NFL draft this year. You know, they're replacing two-time Heisman finalist Deshaun Watson, which isn't an easy stretch by any means, but... Kelly Bryant pulled in and looked fantastic in that opener. Um, you know, the number two, number two overall team in the country right now, I don't really see a team that could beat them. Um, I think I saw ESPN had Auburn as their last tough game of the season. Yeah, because Miami looked pretty sluggish. They did. They absolutely against, did. I didn't even really understand which team was Brighton. Some, I, I really don't remember the name of the team, but it was Brighton something, and, and, and they really looked slow. They did. And and for a team that's so athletic, I just I, Miami's always athletic. They just they were, seemed slow. Like and now with the, with the news coming out that Florida State quarterback DeAndre Francois is going to be out for the rest of the season with a torn patellar tendon, that was going to be Clemson's only com- competition in the ACC Atlantic Division. So now they're pretty much just all they really have to do is get by Auburn, and then they're probably going to run away with the rest of the season. So my big hot take for this year on Clemson was that Clemson was going to completely tank because I thought the same thing. I thought they were absolutely going to suffer a championship hangover. And and you know I really think that, and I know I'm not the biggest Auburn fan, but. I think that Auburn losing their their stud middle linebacker and heart of the defense Carl Lawson is going to hurt Auburn, but I think Jared Stidham and believe me, I really would normally not defend or 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 trumpet up a a ex Baylor quarterback, but for for this this week I will do that. I think Jared Stidham might surprise a few teams. I think that Clemson, because everybody's raving about him, might have a bit of a quote-unquote inexperienced or freshman moment um, and might lose the game. I, that's my pick for, for this week because I'm I'm so for Auburn in this game because Clemson this year looks like the classic Auburn. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of great names on paper. They have a good first week, but then they kind of trail off. And I think that that's what's going to happen to Clemson, not because I don't think they're very good, but because I think they're just young. You know, like it's not really fair to say, oh, Clemson's going to be good just because they've been good the last two years. And the, the the whole argument that Deshaun Watson was there and they were good is why Clemson was good, you know. But the fact that he's gone, you know, then then like you know that I think that 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 whole Clemson great period in their history is going to kind of diminish a little bit. It's going to take them some time to rebound from it. I think the biggest issue with Auburn right now is their offensive line. They allowed Jarrett Stidham to be sacked three times. That's not going to fly against a against Stidham is line. not great in the pocket. Granted, he's a running quarterback, but he's not really that. Granted, fast. but guys like Christian Wilkins and Clellan Farrell on that defensive line that just lead that entire defense right now. They will uh, an offensive line that gives up three sacks against Georgia Southern. They will not be able to stand up to a team like Clemson. And I honestly think that those two guys are just going to wreak havoc all game. Stidham's going to be on the ground a lot, and I think it's it's not really going to be as close as people want it to be. Well, so we will see what happens by Saturday night, I guess. We will be texting each other. Whoever's winning will be like, hey, yeah, I was right. The other one's going to be like, oh, whatever, man. (laughs) Anyway, transitioning to the West Coast, I have been trumpeting up USC like crazy. I In the last pod, I said Sam Darnold is the truth. I was telling my buddy Matt Breen, you know, we could even get rid of Eli Manning on the Giants, you know, and just get Sam Darnold. You just trade half of the roster for him. And how'd that work out first week? 
Well, I understand, you know, and, and I get it. You know, I get that 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 the constituents are are upset and are complaining, but I still think that Sam Darnold is going to win the Heisman. I was surprised by his lack of uh, Heisman moments and lack of Heisman poise, but I watched uh, the the second half more closely than the first half because you know I, I assumed they were going to be Western Michigan, but what I saw in the, in the second half is he really didn't have the protection that he normally does. And I also noticed that the wide receivers at times looked like they were almost running the wrong routes and there were some key drops and I could see that he was frustrated, but as a great quarterback should do is not rag on his teammates to the media and visibly, you know, during the game, he probably had a talk with them in the locker room or, you know, just personally one-on-one in their dorm room or, probably what they have is a nice hot pad but you know whatever you know the thing is I think Sam Darnold will be a lot more poised this game this is a big game for their coach uh that you know in and and Stanford to me you know losing Kevin Hogan a couple of years ago they haven't really found the right replacement I thought that they they had a great game against a you know a, a cupcake team last week I'm not sure if Stanford really has the talent to go against USC I think the biggest thing in this game right now is, like we've been talking about, Sam Darnold, because there's really no getting away from it. He looked terrible last game. No passing touchdowns, under 300 passing yards, two interceptions. That's not what you're looking for out of a Heisman hopeful. And honestly, their defense got ran all over by Western Michigan, which people really weren't expecting. Gave up 159 yards and three touchdowns. And with a guy in Stanford in in the form of Bryce Love, he ran for 183 yards and a touchdown. But Stanford always has a running back running a lot of Absolutely. yards. You know, so. And if that's their game plan, I think they really just need to follow what Western Michigan did and run that rock, wear down that defense, and I think they'll be able to really, really take it to USC here. Of course, I'm expecting Sam Darnold to look better because a guy of his pedigree and potential number one overall pick in this year's draft won't look as bad as he did last week. He's going to bounce back. I guess the thing is I'm so used to trying to make up excuses for Eli and say, okay, well, this was a, an interception year. Next year will be a great year. So for me, dealing with one week of flack about Sam Darnold not being as great as I told everybody he would be, I'm, like, totally fine about it, you know, because my standard is is he zero to Eli. Where is he at on that? You know, I think he was he had about a, a five on the panic scale, you know, and, and I think that, that this week he'll, he'll come back. But, you know, we'll see on Saturday what happens. Anyway, so now we're going to transition a little bit to uh, our top 10 draft prospects. We've kind of touched on a couple of people that that I'm going to mention uh, as my top 10 picks. Uh, For my top 10 picks, I actually had Darnold, uh, in in no specific order, uh, Darnold, Geis, Arden Key, Calvin Ridley, Minka Fitzpatrick, of course, Derwin James. I think he's going to leave. I, I, I think that I'm with the, you on that one. The fact that his sophomore year he was gone, other than those two games, and he had such an amazing freshman year, I think that that probably made him realize, you know, hey, I, I might be super athletic, but you know, I am human, and I want to get my money, you know. And I, I think that that, and I think a lot of other defensive studs probably saw that, uh, you know, starting to think that maybe they should leave instead of playing the typical four years that most defensive players do. So I, I have Derwin as my sixth player. No, Again, no specific order. Josh Rosen as my seventh. Um, and then, you know, obviously with, with the next three, I'm not really as, as keen on these three, but but it, I think they have to be in the top ten. And obviously it's, it's Saquon Barkley. Um, and you know what? Will Greer looked amazing at West Virginia. And, of course, McCray. 
at um, at at, uh, at Michigan at the D line. I thought he was great. I I don't really see him as a top ten pick as of right now. But those are our top ten names after one week. You know, you can't really see it. some juniors gonna fly this year and, and and is gonna somehow get into that that top range. The one player in that top ten though that I'm I'm a little disappointed in, and it's not Sam Darnold. I was disappointed, but I was more shocked by by Darius Geis. Uh, you know, I was I was telling our buddy, our, our producer here, Matt Breen, you know that that Darius Geis is gonna the the one thing that he should be worried about at BYU is if he can get 300 rushing yards, and he only got 125. You know, and 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 the way he was getting them, the longest rush that he had was for 15 yards. And this is Darius Geis. You know, I mean, the, the YouTube sensation. You know, player that a lot of people and a lot of people in, in the LSU community were saying, you know, hey, maybe last year he was better than Leonard Fournette. Granted, Leonard Fournette was injured a lot. But, you know, it was a little bit disappointing seeing Darius Geis being so slow and not kind of sluggish. Yeah, I mean, the entire LSU offense didn't look great in that game against BYU. But with my top ten prospects here, you'll see that we have a lot of overlap. I am fully buying into this year of the quarterback that we're talking about this year. Um, right now my top three pa- prospects are Sam Darnold, Josh Allen from Wyoming, and Josh Rosen from UCLA. Um those are three guys that any team drafting in the top 10 would love to have. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Saquon Barkley than you are. And he, he looked fantastic in Penn State's opener. And um, I think that he's going to have a good chance to finish this year in some Heisman consideration. Um, like you, I also have Arden Key and Derwin James up there. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick as well. Um, I think Christian Wilkins on the defensive line. From Clemson is going to be a pretty high pick because a lot of teams need those ed- edge rushers. You saw Miles Garrett go number one overall this year. I know he's an athletic freak, once in a generation kind of player, but what team can't have? Tell me, ends? does Wilkins have the toughness though? Because to me, my big knock on Miles Garrett was he's a really great athlete, but he doesn't look like a tough guy, and that's yeah. kind of been the knock on Jadavion Clowney since he's come in. Because Miles Garrett, you know, and, and Jadavion kind of have the similar mold. Yeah, Wilkins is more of your prototypical defensive end. He's he's not kind of that guy that can maybe slot into outside linebacker, weak side linebacker like a Garrett or a Clowney. He's more of a I will rush your quarterback whether you like it or not kind of guy. He's not really the kind of guy that'll drop into coverage. I see, I see. And then I, I, I finish up my list here with um Tavares McFadden, cornerback from Florida State. I think him and Derwin James are fantastic in that second level for Florida State. And my last pick is kind of off the board a little bit. Um Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle from Notre Dame. You know, yeah, you know I, I know what you're talking that. about. Yeah, he had a ridiculous freshman year last year. He didn't look as amazing, but I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I mean, how can you go wrong with offensive linemen from Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I, I really, I really got to defend this. Northern European, Northern American players, you know, like those Ohio State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Michigan offensive linemen, you know, they probably got a little bit of Polish blood in them. They are really the best. Like, I've been amazed by just how strong they are, and they, they always come out in drones, you know, yeah, every year. I mean, you see a guy like Zach Martin. He's been all pro since he's been drafted. And Or Ryan Ramchick. Exactly. First-round pick for the Saints. I mean, I granted, he was the 32nd pick, but, you know, another great Wisconsin running back. You know, there's something about just, you know, the the – that area that they're just so strong and and they really have the technical skills also with the hands they really move well and and you know I I'm really glad that you put that in there I I didn't have any offensive line in my top ten because I'm not really I don't really 
I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, not really I mean, good at picking up offensive linemen. Offensive very linemen well. aren't the sexy pick, but they're the pick no, everyone needs. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I totally understand. You know, and not everybody's a Bruce Campbell that the Raiders got. You know, in the in the what was it? The third round, he ran like a four six or four seven. You know, and then turned into a bust. You know, that's the kind of guy I'm looking at. You know, Orlando Pace, right? I don't really. I don't really see what's so talented about the offensive linemen and figure in differentiating between them. All I know is, did one guy allow as many sacks or not? And the thing is, I'm not a Notre Dame guy. I know Notre Dame's independent, but you know, you watch the ACC. Notre Dame's oh, yeah. always there. Big so, Notre Dame fan here. So you, so you see the games, and so I, I don't. So I wouldn't be able to say. But you know, as again, Notre Dame always has great linemen, whether it be offense or defensive line. Absolutely. So you know, I. This was like, and this is our last segment, and kind of the biggest takeaway that I had, and I know I'm I'm overlooking one player in this statement when I say this is, Matt, did you think that that there was a lack of a Heisman moment this week? And I I know Lamar Jackson was great, and 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 you know I think he, it's it's kind of been obvious that now like that team runs through him, so he his stats are incredibly inflated. It's like the Tony Romo effect, you know, with the Cowboys when he was playing. And I know Saquon Barkley was great, but I, I didn't see that, I don't know, that breakaway play that was just so amazing. I thought Will Greer could have had that a couple of times at West Virginia. I thought that Sam Darnold had the moments but didn't take them. I even thought Darius Geis could have had that big run but didn't happen. What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Sam Darnold looked absolutely terrible, so right now he's a, I would say he's distant right now for the Heisman. Of course, there's plenty of time to make it up. Um, Josh Rosen, he started out very bad, but then he kind of made up for it with that fourth quarter comeback against A&M. And Josh Allen did absolutely nothing in Wyoming's opener. So the, those preseason favorites that we saw all, all offseason really didn't do much to separate themselves from the pack. But then you can mention guys like Saquon Barkley. He looked really good in Penn State's opener, so he's got to be at the top top three right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and coming into the season, he was kind of high up, yeah. right? And we talked about Baker Mayfield as well. He looked great in their opener. So I, I'm considering him as a top three Heisman guy right now. He he was almost there last year, but got beat out by some other guys. And then I, I didn't really see anyone else that was kind of deserved. So I'm putting Lamar Jackson, defending Heisman winner, in my in my last spot there. So Yeah, my top five really as of right now. And, it, and it's kind of a blood top five because it was really – I think – you know, it was it, a week, week one overall. Yeah, and and you know, last year we saw Lamar Jackson just, what was it? I think it was Syracuse. They just completely destroyed, and and so we were all just wondering, you know, hey, if this guy got seven touchdowns, you know, that's that's already you know a quarter or a third of what an average quarterback gets in a season. And he had that in the first game. What can he do? And then he put went on this, like, what was it, eight-game run of almost having, at least having four or five touchdowns in a game. It was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to discount that. But, you know, I think maybe we got a little spoiled. And I'm realizing now, now that I, I asked this question, I think maybe I've been spoiled a little bit because I remember a few years ago we saw Geno Smith put up, like, four amazing games at West Virginia and then just completely disappear. And you know what? Maybe it's good that we're seeing players like Saquon Barkley getting that, you know, nice kind of non-obscene production, just like a nice steady production. And and you know what? Maybe this Heisman, this the Heisman winner this year will just be the most consistent player that's played at a very high level like a Saquon Barkley. And in fact, you know, coming into the this year, you know, he was looked at one of the top Heisman candidates. My top 5 is really, you know, Sam Darnold, 
Uh, I guess I have to put Baker Mayfield, but I just I don't know if OU is going to do enough this year for him to end up being a finalist again. But you know, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm going to put Darius Geis in there because I just think he's going to be amazing this year. I I I know he had only 125 rushing yards against BYU, but it still was 125. You know, it's not terrible. Um, I'm going to put Will Greer in there because a lot of people didn't watch the West Virginia Virginia Tech game. I don't know if you did, but he looked amazing. And for a guy that that had a some question marks on his deep ball accuracy, which he did show that he was still a little inaccurate. The improvements were staggering from when he was at Florida. And people don't forget that it's almost been two years since he played. You know, that's a long time for a player. And and, and the fact that he just showed improvements was already massive. You know, so that's that's kind of my fourth guy. And, and my fifth guy that I'm going to put in, and, and, and I know he's a defensive player and he didn't have a big stud moment, but Arden Key. You know, and, and, and Breen and I talked about it last week. Arden Key at 6'6", 245, you know, just a, an absolute freak of a player. He will definitely be going to the draft Absolutely. this year. I mean, he's he's too good to stay for a fourth year, and he has really no business staying in the LSU because Breen and I talked about last week. His problems in the locker room were just he was frustrated with a lack of competitive spirit amongst his teammates, and he's going to find that in the NFL, you know, when he goes. So for him, he's going to go immediately. I think Arden Key has a chance this year. If he does a lot of great things, this might be a year that the wow player is actually a defensive player. You know, Tyron Matthew had that chance a few years ago. Manti Teo that year. I really want Manti Teo to win. I love Johnny Manziel, (laughs) but I really thought Johnny Manziel was better in his second year, believe it or not, even though he lost more games. So, you know. Yeah, I I think that this week it's going to come down to Sam Darnold, Heisman, Con. What I'm, what's the word I'm looking here for? His uh, candidacy. Yes, thank you. His candidacy relies on this game against Stanford. If he comes out and puts up another dud like last week, I think his chances are done. And if USC loses, they can drop to maybe 15th or 16th. I mean, they drop. Might, they might even drop out of the top 15 and might be like a, you know, like a high teen, maybe even a low 20 because of how bad they looked against against uh, the, the last week's team. Um, Last question. Do you think that since you like Clemson so much, do you think that the Clemson quarterback, it's something Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm Kelly Brian. Kelly Brian. Do you think Kelly Brian, if he has a big, big game, like, I don't know, let's say four or five touchdowns and maybe one interception max against Auburn, you think he could be a Heisman candidate? I don't see why not. Um, there's a lot of factors to look at there. His, his overall performance, statistical wise, um, I really feel like you're going to have to take into account him filling in for Deshaun Watson because that's not an easy job you're talking about a guy that's went to -to back-to-back Heisman Heisman finals a guy that went to -to back-to-back national championships actually won one so a guy that can step in and do all that that's going to be pretty impressive all right Matt well anyway so thanks so much everybody for tuning in to the student section college football edition this is our second official episode we will be back next week we haven't specifically decided yet on a time or a date but we will probably be either next wednesday or next friday and for matt big ron costantini and matt breen as our producer i'm your gory thanks so much for tuning in have a good day bye